Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <laughs> oh my goodness! Give me the hot sauce! Bill Pump! Give me the hot sauce! Derrick Rose can go upstairs! Woo! Oh Let me step back and kiss myself! Oh my MVP gosh, time! Windy City Assassin does it again! Hard to believe, but NBA teams are back at work getting ready for the 2021-22 campaign. It is time for episode 48 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. I'm trying to think of famous 48s. You know, Nazi Muhammad wore 48 with the Bulls. Not not too many guys in the NBA wore 48, did they, Stacey? No. <laughs> it's not a number. It's, it's, yeah. it's just not a fun number. No, you get some defensive backs in the NFL, maybe a couple of baseball players. But I don't not, care. Uh, it's just not a fun number. Forty-eight. This is no. like, oh. Ralph oh. Gar wear that the the road runner with the White Sox and the Braves. You got your Braves hat on, yeah, yeah, Ralph Gar. Yes, I did. Yes, Ralph Gar. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So oh, yeah. So yeah. Dale yeah, we, Murphy. We got two, Murphy. two generations of uh, Milwaukee baseball here. The, the Milwaukee Braves became the Atlanta Braves, and yes, they did. Stinger, if you're yep. watching us on YouTube, he's got his Milwaukee Brewers hat. They proudly mm-hmm. celebrated a Central Division championship on Sunday. Yeah, the NL Central uh, 2021. Yeah, a lot went into that too. You you only get one chance to get that right, and builds for the whole week. You know, we were. You know, waiting and waiting, and we kept losing to the Cardinals. And, uh, yeah, Sunday was special. <laughs> Cardinals, 16 in a row. Yeah. That's crazy. But it was special. Full house, biggest crowd of the year. We had bronze ceremony. We had Euchre the night before. Um, just a great atmosphere. Uh, it was incredible to, to be able to, you know, kind of direct that and have locker room access and get the champagne. You know, we cued it perfectly. We were live on that shot. And, uh yeah, all the interviews and it, it, all the little kids running on the field and the confetti, and it was really a cool moment. And the yeah. Co- and the colored bars. Oh, yeah, color bars during the, <laughs> during why, the why celebration. Wow. Yeah. Why do you got to go there? Harshest Sorry. critic. You know, yeah. no, normally normally under these circumstances, wow. I mean, you know what? Sorry. You know, John worked that game in. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to talk trash about the Milwaukee Brewers, okay? All right, Who cares? Down. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> but it, because John worked there, I'm, I'm going to hold back. I appreciate that, game. I'm going to hold back my comments, you know, because I I, this is that. celebration. Yeah. Right. It's his celebration. And yeah. yeah, see, there you are. And you jumped in on your husband. Well, see, there you go. Yeah, I mean, well, we got, we're in broadcast. Thing. We we get those moments. I mean, we're yeah. all regional. Oh, yes. We moments. don't get to do the World Series, and, but you know, King and I did the three overtime game against the Nets, and we've had some big moments. Baseball, it's like it builds to that one you know, moment. It's such a long season, it's yeah. Sixty-two so, games. You got to celebrate. Yeah, and it's just division. great to see the players. You know, they had the big forty-forty. 
mm-hmm. you know, pouring beer over everybody in this in a forty cigars. ounces. Yeah, they had the forty ounce uh, oh, malt liquor. Martin malt liquor. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's oh, where I needed to be, baby. Well, we I got, needed to be there. Yeah, we, everybody. Oh, it was it is, oh, it is Billy Milwaukee D. Williams. Hey, hey, yeah. Billy was, D. Williams. Get your, get your t-shirt hey. and get your forty forty, man. Oh, and she'll yeah, like it too. Yeah, that's what I would have been too, right there. So. I'd have been right there if I'd have known that. Yeah. Can't put that and, in the shoe. You know. Oh no. You know, I've done disgusting. The Cubs. I've done some clinching games with them, but it was never like I remember the one year they clinched. Because the team lost, but it was so late at night, they didn't celebrate till the next day. But they really weren't going to celebrate. But then uh, Montero hit the home run, and it was a walk off. So then they ended up celebrating in the field. That was cool. But I've done clinching games in St. Louis with the Cubs, and it's just not the same when you're at home. You get it's like a double. Well, how about the White Sox? They clinched in between games of a day night doubleheader. They had right. to wait until yeah. after the night game to no, celebrate. Yeah. So oh, these wow. guys, right? And they they celebrated deep into the night. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe if they had won that game that I was doing with Adam, yeah, we had that rain delay. We could have celebrated earlier. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna <laughs> throw that out there, White Sox. I still haven't forgot about that. Congratulations, well, but I still haven't forgot your, about that. What a fun got, night! That's why you got your Braves hat. On. Yeah, fun night. Well, Stinger's had a lot of fun uh, in the city of Milwaukee. Of course, he directed the Bucks championship parade, and now yeah. they have to try to defend yes. that title. That came really quickly with the way the season ending in July, and now they're starting up again in October. So we're going to take a look around the NBA and talk about some of the big storylines going around around the league. Let's start at home with the Bulls. They held their media day on Monday at the United Center. And I think one of the things that they were trying to talk about a lot, Stacey, is the fact that DeMar DeRozan, and Zach Levine both said in no uncertain terms, hey, we can coexist. It's not going to be a problem with your shot and my shot. They feel like they can be integrated into an offensive system, and they can both be very productive. Well, I think, you know, when you look at how they need to play, they need to play up and down. They need to play fast where they're getting a lot of opportunities to score. And how do you do that? You push the ball in transition. You get out in the fast break, and those guys will get their shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at some point, you're going to have to play half court. And at some point, you know, you're going to have to find ways to score. Uh, you know, Zach's used to having the ball in his hands operating at the top of the circle and then being able to create for himself for his teammates. DeRozan's a little different. You know, DeRozan's a guy that doesn't shoot three-pointers. That's not his game. So he's more of the mid-range jump shooter, kind of like Kawhi Leonard. You know, he can post up. Um, he can go inside on smaller guys, and he can also hit that mid-range jump shot between 18 and 20 feet, which really makes him deadly. He's one of the best mid-range shooters in the NBA. Coming up in our next segment, we have a special guest. Thaddeus Young is going to join us. Of course, he was traded to San Antonio to bring DeMar DeRozan here to Chicago. And we'll ask him about a lot of different issues with some of the Bulls' young players and what he expects with his new home in San Antonio, if he's going to stay there or if he might get traded to a contending team before it's done. But let's continue our discussion on the Bulls. Lonzo Ball today seemed very happy, Stacey, because he's back to what he is used to doing, being the lead guard, the point guard who's going to have the ball in his hands most of the time. Billy Donovan said that he wants Lonzo to push the pace. He wants this team to play fast, and I think that's going to play to Lonzo's strengths. Well, if you saw Billy Donovan in Oklahoma City with Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you know he wants his guards to push the ball. So now he's got a true point guard uh, that can do that with size, six foot six. Um, you know, he brings a different element that the Bulls have not had on their roster. This is a pass first, pass second type of point guard is really going to help this team because he's he's a guy at six foot six that is looking to make plays. He's looking to push the ball in transition. And if you know anything about Billy Donovan, you know, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Chris Paul, they really pushed the pace in Oklahoma City, went from a team that wasn't even supposed to make the playoffs to a number four, four seed in the bubble that year. 
And Shea Gilgis Alexander turned the corner to be close to knocking on superstar level. So I expect the same thing with Lonzo. Lonzo's been in this league long enough now that he knows his strengths and weaknesses. He's a much better three-point shooter than he was when he first came in the league, which is really, really a good testament to how hard he works on his game. And then the second thing is, is that he is a very good on-ball defensive player. He's not some point guard that's going to get stuck on screens and not be able to fight over. You're going to see him get after guys. He's he's up there in steals all the time, loves to play the passing lanes, and that's going to get your fast break going. And he's really improved his shooting. Last year, he shot 38% from the three-point line. When he first came into the league, he kind of had that kind of janky wind-up to his shot, and now he's smoothed it out, and he can knock down that three. Uh, one of the big storylines at, at Media Day today was the status of Patrick Williams, the second-year forward, who had a good summer league, was more aggressive on the offensive end, looked like he was really going to try to work on all the things the coaches wanted him to do. And then, unfortunately, he rolled his ankle in an individual workout on September 15th, and the timeline for him is a four- to six-week recovery, which should get him right about ready for opening night. But this kid was coming on strong, and, and you know Stacy as a player – Missing that time, even though he's going to be doing rehab work, that's going to be valuable time he's going to lose. Well, it, doesn't it seem like it's something every yeah, season does. going it into does. training camp where the Bulls, for at least the last six or seven years, even going back to Derrick Rose time here, that every year, right before training camp, someone goes down with an injury mm -hmm. that cost him most of the season. You know, Larry Marketing had the elbow injury the one time. And it's just so sad because this is an opportunity for year two to see this kid take a big leap in his abilities and things he can do, especially on the offensive end, to be more aggressive. Um, you know, he's going to be playing stretch four, which is a different position, but he'll he'll have nice matchups every night when he's healthy and he's able to go out there and play again. Um, you know, it's, it's, it really hurts, though, because you really wanted to see – that's the one guy you really wanted to see – how he, you know, how he used the offseason. We saw in the in the summer league, he played really well. He was very aggressive because he knew that was his team. He was the main guy. Mm -hmm. Now you're coming on the team. Now I need to see if he's going to have that same mentality with these guys who are all-stars and veteran players, or is he going to defer like we saw him do last year? He has the ability to be one of the main guys on this team and, and be one of the main cogs in the future. This is why it's so important for him to be in training camp and now he's got to miss four to six weeks and hope a speedy recovery. But he will be back, hopefully, before the start of the season. But that training camp, missing training camp, hurts. One of the interesting things I heard from Billy Donovan today was he said that he challenged Patrick Williams at the end of the season to get in better shape, which is amazing to think that a 19-year-old kid yeah. needs to improve his conditioning. But he said that we saw during games where he'd be explosive at times, and then he, he would coast a little bit because his conditioning wasn't where it, it needed to be. And I asked Patrick, I said, what was that conversation like? And he goes, yeah, he challenged me. He says, you got to be in better shape if you want to be the player that everybody expects you to be. Well, I, I think it was like any typical 19-year-old, you know, eating at McDonald's, sure. you know, eating yeah. fast food, not not yeah. really taking care of your body the right way, not knowing how to do that. I and mean, you're coming from college as an 18-year-old, and, you know, everything's set out for you, you know, you know, team meals or whatever. You get to the pros, it's every man for himself. you got to be able to get up in the morning, Get your breakfast. There was times last year they said that he would come to practice 
and he was gassing out in practice because yeah, he didn't, he didn't eat yeah. breakfast. And they were like, what do you mean you didn't eat breakfast? <laughs> like, cause, you know, and the Bulls have chefs. I mean, as soon right. as you walk in the building, there's guys cooking you things, you know? And it was just, you know, he didn't seem like it was important to him. So mm -hmm. he wanted to get out on the court. So he was bypassing breakfast, and he was gassing out during the practices. And they said, hey, look, man, you got to start eating. You got to eat breakfast in the morning. Get in there and get a good breakfast, you know, get the protein, get protein shakes, whatever you need to do so you can have energy through practice and sustain that energy level. So he's still learning. I mean, you know, Thaddeus Young was good for him. The question is, who who is he going to lean on yeah, this year? Yeah, who is going to be the veteran that's going to take him and Kobe White under their you know under their arm and say, hey, this is how you got to do it? You know, maybe it's Demar Derozan, maybe it's Vucevic. Lonzo Ball, maybe it's Vucevic. I don't know. Yeah. You know, some of these guys are lead by example type of guys. Hey, you know, hey. they're not they're not guys that are actually going to say, come here. Thad was that guy. Come here, you're my rookie. I'm, I'm, you're going to go with me. I'm going to show you how it's done. You know, I don't know who that guy is this year. Hey, King, I know we got the banners behind you. You played on those three championship teams and how important. I was trending an article. Uh, it's a couple years old, but it talks about the importance of the first 20 games and how a team in the East, you know, if they're 9 and 11, you know, that's on the border of making the playoffs with all these new changes, you know, in your experience of getting off to fast starts. How, how much of a, you know, challenge is that going to be for the Bulls? <sighs> Well, you know what? What you see early, and this, this is a trend, the younger teams in the first part of the season jump out ahead of everybody because they got the fresh legs, and the, and the veteran teams are kind of like, we're just going to work our way through. By December, we're going to be ready to go. So you're going to see teams, the Bulls having an opportunity, you know, with their young players. But you see these young teams get off to these great starts, and then they fade. You know, right after December, they fade, and they end up being where they're supposed to be. And then the veteran teams will always come and catch up and then bypass them, and then you can see the difference in the two teams. So I don't expect that trend to change. I expect to see some some teams out the gate fast, like Charlotte, you know, uh, Atlanta. I, I expect to see these young teams with these young athletic kids to be out and, and out in the gate, you know, right from the start. I think the Bulls could be that same way too because they're – their situation is a little bit different. They don't have a lot of like young legs, like you know, you know. Besides Patrick Williams, who's not going to play, or Kobe, they they've got veteran players. Yeah. You know, they got to come out and get off to a good start, just because you need to do that with a whole new roster. They have to get off to a good start. They've got to get off the good a good start offensively and defensively. And the number one thing they need to do is establish home court because teams have been able to come in here the last three or four years and like it's a home game for them. You know, they come in, they they don't even re they rest their stars certain nights. That can't happen this year. You know, if LeBron James comes in and says, well, or Luca, Luca sits out on, on a Friday game but plays on a Saturday game. You know, that kind of stuff. We saw a lot of that last yeah. year. That can't happen this year. You know, they teams have got to come in and, and, and understand that when they play the Bulls, they're in for a fight and they got to play their guys. One of the things that was interesting from Arturis Karnischewicz, he was asked about the free agent recruitment and how the organization is being perceived. And he actually was pretty honest. He said, we were pleasantly surprised at, at how many free agents were receptive to the idea of playing in Chicago. He says it's a major market. People love the city, especially in the summertime. But people saw what Zach Levine was doing, making an all-star team for the first time, then being on a part of the Olympic team. And all of a sudden, it's, it's interesting that the city of Chicago has got a little buzz behind it now in terms of being able to recruit some of these top players. Well, I, I think a lot of it has to do with change in the front office. Mm -hmm. I mean, not taking anything away from Gar and Pax. I just think that their reputation on the outside – 
you know, wasn't good for players, you know. And so now you got a whole new front office in. You got Zach Levine that's friends with everybody in the league now. He's recruiting guys. Um, you know, you look at what we're doing right now with the roster that we have. This is just the first step, America. This is the first step. The first step <laughs> is trying to get to the playoffs and then build on that, you know. And, and I think if they can do that, that's going to sell free agents. You know, that's going to get guys that want to come here because it's like, wait a minute, Chicago's doing something special there. They're trying to win. You know, they're not trying to rebuild. They're reloading. And now they've, up, you know, upheaved their whole roster. It's a whole different roster. If these guys come out here this year, and let's say this year, they, let's say they win 45 games, okay? I think they can win 50. But, you know, I, I mean, that's just me. But if they win 45 games, they get to the playoffs. And let's say they, they, they play a competitive first round a game and they get to the second round. That, that's a great season for them. That's another building block for free agents to say, hey, look, man, maybe they're just one power forward away. Maybe mm -hmm. they're just one small forward. Because all these guys talk. So, you know, Kevin Durant, they, uh, <laughs> Brooklyn's not really, even though he signed his deal, Brooklyn is kind of shaky over there. Because you got Kyrie Irving doesn't want to play without, you know, because he, he, he doesn't want the vaccination. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of free agents out there that are looking at the situation. Kawhi Leonard could be, a, you know, a guy that could want to come here in a couple of years. You, you just never Anthony know. Anthony Davis when you LeBron just, retires. You just never know. So that's why you yeah. got to put a competitive team that, team that guys want to come here and go, yeah, you know what? I want to play here. Now, when, you know, Jim Boylan was here and, and, and Fred was here, it wasn't an interesting place to play because it was a rebuilding type mm -hmm. of situation. A lot of young players and, and a lot of veterans like, man, I don't want to do that. We're chasing rings. You know, that's the same thing with Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap had a chance to come here and play, probably start here, but chose to chase a ring in Brooklyn and then probably want to come back later on. And, yeah, I'm ready to come back to Chicago now. Well, it's too late. We already established we got a power forward now. You're going to have to come off the bench. So, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see if they can if they can continue to build on this. A question about the Nets. Do you, I mean, do you see them being able to re-sign Kyrie and James Harden? They're going to do what they have to do to keep that team together, especially if it gets to the finals. If they get to the finals and win, they're going to do whatever they do have to do to keep that team. You have to. You have to because it's so hard to win an NBA championship. And they've, they've invested so much in those three guys. They traded for Harden, gave up a bunch for him. You know, you got Kyrie Irving. You, you really invested a lot of stuff for, for those three guys. You don't, you're not going to let them walk unless Kyrie just makes it so hard for you to have to deal with him. Because, I mean, you hear all these stories about him, like he's just a pain in the butt, you know. So if, if you know, Sean Marks is like, well, you know what, we're tired of this. You know, we can we know that that Harden and, and Kevin Durant can carry us. We just get a solid playmaker, you know, like a Kimball Walker type guy, or, you know, somebody like that, they can still win. Because you almost, you almost went to the finals just with Kevin Durant last year yeah. and a bunch of role players. So you throw a Harden out there who's healthy, if he would have been held in that year, they beat Milwaukee. Problem is, though, that, that Kyrie and KD came to Brooklyn as a package deal. I heard one former NBA executive saying that, yeah, the, the Nets could be a team that could get involved with Philadelphia to try to bring Ben Simmons over to trade him for Kyrie, but KD wouldn't have it. That's his guy, and, and you cannot split those guys up. Well, so that kind of ties Sean Mark's hands. It's, it's a package deal for that's those That's a two. smart move, though, don't you think, on paper? Could because, be. You know, he, you got he this says that, runs he the says point. that yeah. now. Yeah. He says that now. But if you get into a situation that you had in, in Oklahoma City with Westbrook where it's just it's no longer fun playing with him because he's going to do his own thing. He doesn't care about the team. 
then, you know, you see Kevin Durant going, hmm, you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe, you know, maybe either I'm going to leave or, you know, he's saying that now because they haven't really played together. Right. They have not played, you know, 30 games together. So I, I'm sure he wants, he, that's his boy. I came here with them. I want to give him a chance. Let's see what we do this year. And if they make it to the finals and win a championship, then, you know, who cares? But if they don't, they get, you know, knocked out uh, in, before the Eastern Conference finals, which that could happen. That could very well happen. Well, what about and, the rules in New York and California, though? Yeah, well, you have to be vaccinated, be vaccinated. indoor I mean, arenas. Yeah. I mean, or you just don't play. And, you know, I mean, listen, they, they, people are making people get vaccinated, whether you want to be vaccinated or not. You're, mm -hmm. It's going to get to the point where you can't go anywhere, can't get on a plane. You're not going to be able to go in any venues or restaurants unless you're vaccinated. And, you know, it, it's, it's a shame that, you know, that it's got to that point. But there's a lot of NBA players who don't want to get vaccinated. They're probably not going to get to play in certain cities unless they get vaccinated. Well, Bradley Beal came out today, too, right, for personal reasons. Well, Kyrie Irving was away from the team. Right, but, I mean, another another superstar player in Beal is said that for personal reasons, too. So, you know, and the Bulls players you know, who were asked about it at media day yeah. all declined to answer. So there you go. It's, so, I think it's a league directive telling the players don't comment publicly on your status. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you, you go down a rabbit hole. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's too it's too touchy in the country. I mean, you see all these people, you know, boycotting schools, you know, um, you know, they don't want their kids to wear masks. And, yeah. you know, I mean, listen, you have your own preference. My, my preference is I'm going to get the vaccination. I'm going to get the booster when I'm available, get the booster, because you know what? I like to feel safe. Yeah. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, America. You can do what you want. But I know for me, when I didn't get the, the vaccination, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel mm -hmm. safe going anywhere. I stayed in my house like Howard yeah. Hughes. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I didn't go to the grocery store. I didn't go anywhere. But once I got my shot, I felt both my shots. I felt like I felt protected. I felt like, yeah, I can get out and move around a little bit more. I still was watching what I was doing. I wasn't going with a lot, large crowd of people. I wasn't doing any of that stuff. But Especially Whispers took your shots, right? Yeah. So yeah. I got you. three <laughs> in one day. Stacy you know, got the good stuff. Yeah. Listen, you know what? I, America, America. I don't, know if, I don't know what episode that was, America. But let me tell you. Let me tell you, America. You know, I, 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 lied, I lied on the shot on the shot thing. They, you know, you had to fill out Excuse this form. Excuse me, sir. Hey, I, hey America. Hey, I wasn't going to be a lab rat. Okay, so I go in there. They make me fill out something. They said, so I feel like, you know. guy that. I felt like, yeah, you were the black guy. I, I said, I'm white. I said, white. I, I put on white on my thing. So when I went to go get my, my little card to go get the shot, the lady goes, she's looking at me. <laughs> so she's like, and then she starts to laugh. Do not adjust yeah. your television yeah, she, she started to laugh. She goes, uh, well, you're African-American. I said, no, I'm white. And she goes, no, but no, no. On here you says you're white, but you're not. You're not. Right, Mr. King. I Are you said, identifying no. as I a said, white person? Yes, I said, I want the go. same shot you got. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're white, I don't get the same shot you got. But so, under the bus, and then, over there, that and then, wow. and then, so he so got, what happened? Larry the, the Lobster's Larry black. Larry the Lobster. Yeah. See the coloring on that guy? <laughs> he went over there to get, he got, I was supposed to go to 16 in the initial, I was supposed to go to 16, but they gave me 15. So that was his. He was supposed to go to 15. I was going to 16. That is so, true. But they switched reversed. it. It got reversed. So I went to 15. You got 15. the old flies yeah. buzzing around. Yeah. Yeah. He, went, he went to mine, the, the original one I was supposed to get, the one where they send the black guy. So he went over there, and then he's like, immediately, he's like, oh, God. Uh, don't you feel good. Right. Right. He's cheering the whole good. time. He's like, woohoo. Like, what, what just happened? Weren't you sick for like a week and a half? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was yeah. sick. Yeah. I called him. I said, hey, Tim, what's up, man? I'm just calling to check on you. See how you're doing? Yeah. Oh, man, I had 103 temperature. Oh, my God, my body I had body chills. I go, for real? 
He goes, what, what, what symptoms did you have? Nothing. Yeah. I was yeah. I was walking We're around. supposed to refrigerate like, the vaccine, right? Oh, they got him. They got him with a warm <laughs> vaccination. They they like they like we say that for Stacey King, but he's he put the old switcheroo on his baby. He, put down, he yeah. put down race white and I got away with it. Had active biofactors in there. And then he had a nerve. He had a nerve to ask the lady the next time, right? Because he, he didn't want to go. Whisper didn't want to go get the second shot. I had to talk him into it. Yeah. He was so, gonna try to walk through the so, line. So yeah, so ladies off Amazon to yeah. see if I can yeah. skip. So he had an old, he was going to keep the old Band-Aid. It was like a month old, you know, but it was peeling off. So, so he goes and sits down with the lady. He goes, oh, hey, um, you know, can I get symptoms again, you know, on this second shot? Oh, she has, she has. She, I mean, she made be a it lot worse, worse this time. She said a lot worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, you you could be 103 degrees temperature. Da, 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 and she made, made him, and Tim was like, oh, oh. I said, just sit there, whispers, get it, baby. You can do it. Oh, she was, she was a diplomat from Wuhan. She was no. like, you, you done. <laughs> Like, oh, okay. No. Well, what was the also the encounter with the six eight power forward guy that showed up? After? Um, the guy who worked for he worked for uh, I think Walgreens and he he kept oh, yeah, yeah. he kept harassing me and whispers because you know after you take a shot they make you sit for like fifteen minutes to make sure you don't pass out. We were an experiment. So, yeah. So and he just kept following me and whispers around, right? So I was like, you know, he had like, a lab coat on. No, he just had a suit on, and he was from California. He came from California, so he was there. You he know, had that to, gold bar though, right through the top. Was yeah. It, never, yeah. Never trust again. Never trust. Was it a man code Tiger. violation? No, situation? it was just he was just creepy. It was just like, <laughs> and so finally he, he confronted. Us. He said, "Hey guys, how's the shot?" And, and I was like, well, "Who are you?" Like, he goes, "My name is such and such. I'm here for Walgreens. I, I came down because I need some help, administering shots, or whatever. How you feel?" And I was like, "I feel great. How do you feel? Did you get the shot?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I got the shot. I got the shot in California. I feel really good." And then he's like, "Hey, here's here's my card. If something it does, if something doesn't feel right, call me." Did you, yeah. call, did you call him? Did you call him No, it said Jimmy Mengele, and I was going to call him this guy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out. Hey, but, but when he, but who gives you a card? Who gives you a card? Not Joseph. After like, yeah. thousands of people walk well, through there. That's his great grandfather. And he's like, he's like, you know, here's a card. If you, you start feeling really bad or anything, just call me. And I'm like, wow. what do you know that we don't know? Like, why it would you do weird. that? It was, very, it was weird. very weird. I was just very like, weird. of all the Ooh. people that were passing around at one, is this an endorsement? Thing? Yeah, you're talking everyone out of it. I still shop at Walgreens. Hey, 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 listen. All I'm going to say, America, America, listen. If you ain't got the, get Pfizer. If you got your choice, get Pfizer. That's all I'm going to tell you. And the reason, you know my reason for Pfizer is? Nope. Two shots? No, no, no. Forget two shots. Because Moderna sounds like a furniture company. Okay. My reasons for (laughs) Pfizer is because when Trump, uh, his, his vice president, Pence, Everybody in Washington took Pfizer. Nobody took Moderna. Nobody. Everybody. And they were jumping the line in D.C. The, the, the executives were, and the congressmen and senators, <laughs> they were jumping the line for Pfizer. So, what does that tell you? Get Pfizer. Exactly. Trump was uh, the first yes. one in line. The conspiracy Got theories of yes. Stacey King. Hey. We really have a special hey, moment. Don't do it, America. The hot sauce. The, the grassy knoll. Hey, hey, listen, I'm just saying. I'm saying Trump was taking Pfizer. Hey, I don't, I don't agree with everything he so, does, but I agree with that. No that one Pfizer. Got, but uh, no one got COVID taking our hot sauce. And that's a fact. Yes, if you take our hot sauce, that's ladies and gentlemen. That, that can yeah. cure yeah, anything. It can cure anything. Exactly. So make sure yeah, to visit stpatsbirdies.com. We've got plenty of products ready to like it to you. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to hear from the former Bull, Thaddeus Young. Get his take on what the Bulls can expect this year and what's going on with him down in San Antonio. That's next, episode 48 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. 
hot sauce. Give me the hot sauce. Give me the hot sauce. Sriracha. <laughs> Sriracha. Give me the hot sauce. Welcome back. It is our NBA preview edition of Give Me the Hot Sauce. It is now our privilege and pleasure to welcome in Thaddeus Young, who had a couple of great seasons here with the Chicago Bulls, really helped that young group galvanize and come together. Now he's going to start his first season playing down in San Antonio for the Spurs. Thad, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you got a young family and, and you had to move them down to Texas. Uh, you've been you've been busy trying to get your, your life in order before training camp starts next week. How difficult has that been? Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty difficult, but I mean, because the the good part is like I have a a really good wife and you know my brother. They both uh, make sure everything is kind of in line with the the living situation and stuff like that. So uh, while I'm in the gym, you know they're they're out looking at houses and doing certain things, and I trust I trust their judgment. So um, they've been doing a lot of the the leg work, and I've been just you know still trying to you know stay with regular life as far as playing basketball. Hey Stacy, I, I followed uh, Thad's wife on Twitter. She doesn't mess around. She, she <laughs> 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 is that is that created some awkward moments for you at times, Thad? Uh, co- yeah. Uh, a couple, <laughs> uh, couple times, I, I you know PR has had to walk into the locker room like, yo, like, uh, yeah, this tweet right here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll say something, man. It's okay. <laughs> hey, you, hey, listen, you can't get mad at her, man. She supports. That's what she's supposed to do. That's no, like sure. uh, Southside and Whispers. Yeah. Southside and then yeah. Hey, you got to, hey, 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 there. You ain't got to apologize for having a no. ride or die uh, a chick, man. Come on, baby. Don't apologize, <laughs> man. That's what you want. That's what every man Runs wants. The roost, yeah. yeah. No, that's for sure. No, for sure. We've been, you know, obviously like rocking out some high school, so. You know, I'll, oh, high school I'm sweethearts, huh? Y'all, y'all been y'all been go way back. Yep, way back. Yep. So I, I, I'm not saying anything. She, <laughs> she, can, she, can, she can tweet whatever she want to tweet. Exactly. That's that freedom of speech. That's what I mean. You know, anybody getting mad at, at someone's spouse or anybody in their family tweeting, man. Yeah. Listen, man, that's their opinion, and and you know you shouldn't be getting mad about that. That's terrible. What's it like? Right, uh, right. Take us through that, uh, Thad, when you're. You've been with a few teams now, and and uh, what's it like? You know, people talk about the glamour, you know, stardom of the NBA, but for you, you know, picking up and and relocating, and and can you talk talk about that process? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard, like especially like if you get traded during the season, it's super hard because of the simple fact of like you just got to kind of pick up and move, and like you got your whole family, and you got to get everybody like ready to go, and kids are in school, you know. So I think that's the hardest part, like, during the season. But, like, all season, like, you got a little time to kind of, like, work it a little bit when it's in the offseason, depending on what, what part of the offseason it is. So, um, you know, for, for me, you know, um, you know, I'm at a stage now where, you know, a lot of things are, like, up in the air. Like, I know y'all, pre- y'all probably have seen, like, um, reports that, you know, I might get traded and stuff like that. So you never know what can, what can happen. So you, you try to – you know, figure out what's going on as soon as possible. And like for me, um, I was just trying to figure out, okay, like what are we doing? Like, you know, talking, you know, talking with Brian, you know, from the Spurs, and then you know, just trying to figure that that situation out. Like, okay, what, like what are we doing? Like, what's going on? So I can know, and then I, I can know what I need to do with my family or what I need to do with myself or not. 
So there, there's so there's a chance that you've heard rumors that you could be traded again to a contender. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I mean that's that's what some of the stories are. I mean we all we all read the stories, but you know, yeah. you know, nothing, nothing happens until until it happens. You know, until until it pops across that ticker. <laughs> yeah, and, and and one of the things is you went to you're going to another young team. We just talked about it off the air. San Antonio being much younger than the Bulls team, and shoot, I thought the Bulls team was young until <laughs> I saw was. the San Antonio roster. They're they're young, and so yeah. you being a veteran, and I, I thought the one thing that you did when you were here, you were a calming force. Um, you know, you led off the court, on the court. You showed them how to prepare. You, you try to show them how to eat and take care of themselves off the court. Um, and then you came in there. You weren't you weren't a guy to just wave the towel. You were a guy that still was producing at a high yeah. level. And that was an example for guys like Patrick Williams last year, seeing a veteran go out there and not only talk about it, but be about it. Right. Yeah. Like, like I mean, that's that's always been, like, the, the part of me, like, going out in games. Like, just, you know, go out there and control what you can control, but, you know, just play your heart out, you know, as much as possible. But also, like, you know, with having so many young guys, you know, like, um, I remember, like, Coach Cheeks, you know, um, when I first had him as my first coach in the league, he would always say, like, you're a young guy. You just don't know. You just don't know. And I, I never figured that out until, like, later on. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I see what he was saying. You know, when I, as I started to play with more and more young guys, like, uh, like I'll, I'll say, like, when I first got Zach in uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Like, it was just a lot of stuff that he just didn't know. He was such a young guy coming in, and the game was just so much more different than college. It's like, like, he just didn't know. So, like, and then you got some bets that they don't want to teach them. Yeah. I'm one of those guys that's, that's more than willing to teach everybody because I, I believe in, you know, the team concept and us going out there and we have in order for us to win, we got to win together. Like I'm, I'm not a superstar player. You know, I'm going to have some big nights. I'm going to have some big games, but you know, I'm one of those guys that's like a good guy. He's going to keep everything together. He's going to be that common force, like you said. And, um, you know, he's going to make sure we, like when he's out there on the court, he's gonna put everybody in position to be able to be successful, and I think that's what I've been able to to be successful at, just helping guys get into successful positions and just talking guys through certain things. Like I was talking to, uh, you know, Calvin today, and just telling him like, look, like, like I'm more than willing to pass. I'm one of those guys that's gonna do like all of those small things. I want to make your job easier. Like I'm not coming here to take your spot or take anybody else's spot. I'm coming here to help. Like I'm coming, I'm coming to make sure that we all put in work together in order so we can win games. Yeah, that talking about Keldon Johnson, who was part of Team USA. Zach Levine, of course, did a great job playing for Greg Popovich. Accepted a role as a defensive guy off the bench, and really, I think, impressed a lot of people around the league with his willingness to take on whatever role it took for Team USA to be successful. You mentioned that you were with Zach in, briefly in Minnesota, and then you had a couple of years with him with the Bulls. How proud are you of how efficient a player Zach has become? And now he's being recognized around the league as an elite player, a guy that is truly worthy of his status as one of the top 25 players in the league. Yeah, uh, like I'm super proud of him. He's like, you know, a little brother to me. Like we we literally just talked probably like a, a day ago or two days ago. Uh, he was getting on a flight going back to Chicago. And, um, you know, we were just talking about like, you know, him going through this season and, you know, he was basically like telling me like, you know, I'm, I'm still need that leadership, you know, because like, you know, he's still a growing leader himself. And yeah. you know, I just told him, I said, I said, it's going to like, I said, look, as much as you're going to score, as much as you're going to do certain things, like you, you got to keep yourself on that high 
because y'all gonna like you're gonna run into some speed bumps and you just don't want them speed bumps to get you at, at a low point. So you know when you're on that high and you know you're doing what you're doing, you got to make sure you bring everybody up to that high or that or that medium part, you know, with you. And if you can continue to do that throughout the season, y'all gonna be fine. So when you when you look at you look at Zach and you saw his production last year, you see guys like Kobe and and Patrick Williams. What's the ceiling you do you see for Patrick Williams? Because it seems like this year they're going to move him to the stretch four position. But what what is his ceiling for, for you know the future? Man, honestly, like I, I think it's sky's the limit for uh, for Pat. Like the some of the things that he just he he can do just off natural natural ability is just crazy like he's super athletic he has big hands he can shoot the mid range um he can shoot the three you know, um you know he just has to continue to be aggressive like he has to understand like when certain guys are aren't playing in games or like when um he's out there like with like a second unit or something like that he's the man like and that's what I tried to instill in him in the last uh like couple couple games of the season last year like I think we played like Brooklyn and Milwaukee and Zach and Boosh didn't play so I told him I said look when they I said look when they sit down he's uh sorry about that I said look when he sits down like like when they those two guys sit down like you're 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 the guy like and you have to prove that each and every each and every time they sit down like like it is no it's no sidestepping, it's no no lack in, in in points scored or anything like that. Like you're gonna take over when they sit down. So you have to understand. I, I'm trying to get him to understand that. So I, I always will ask him, does he want to be great? And then I tell him to go out there and prove it to him. Dad, I want to ask you about your start of your your Bulls run. Obviously, you you played on a number of very <laughs> oh. very good Indiana teams, oh. made the playoffs every year. Oh. You were a starter, very oh. great contributor. Free Free thing, and, and then and then Jim Jim Boylan asked oh, you to stand oh, in the corner and shoot there. threes. Oh. What was that whole experience like for you? that? Had to be one of the weirdest seasons you've had as an NBA player. For sure, it was uh, definitely one of the weirdest, but uh, it was just super different for me. Like, uh, and it was unexpected. Uh, you know, I think that they carved out a role for me that they kind of like wanted wanted to, wanted me kind of like cemented in, and it wasn't the the, the role for like me. Or the well the the well being of the team, you know. So, and I, I think a lot of us that that year, that first year I came to Chicago, I think a lot of us didn't have the role that you know that we all should have been playing in. Like we were trying to be a team that we weren't. Like we were playing defense that we shouldn't have been playing. Um, you know, for like long periods of time in a game, and like uh, I think our adjustments was like a little bit behind a little bit. So like. Like if we were we were playing defense, like we didn't change our defense up according to the teams that we were playing. So that kind of put us in a position to where we were playing on our heels a lot. Um, you know, as far as on the offensive side of the basketball, like like obviously like Golden State, Houston, and all those teams, Brooklyn at that time were shooting a lot of threes. So you know, other teams see that and they like okay, like we wanted our team to shoot a lot of threes yeah. and get up a lot of threes. Not a big but it's fan not the person it's, it's not the personnel you had. Like right. like I used to always go in entire meetings and I would say, Look, we're built poor and tough to play in the paint. Yeah. <laughs> Let's play that way. <laughs> yeah. And then we can kick out. <laughs> we can kick we can kick out and, and we can get everything else. Um, you know, and then I, I think we like we did it in spurts. And those games that we did in first, we 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 did very well at it. But 
you know, when you have, when you've been instilling a structured system, you know, in, in guys' head for the whole season, you know, that's what you, that's what guys are starting to get accustomed to and they start to try to play that way, no matter if, if we're good in that, in those situations or we're bad in those situations. At least they're punching the time clock, though, Stacey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I, I have yet to know where that time clock was because I refuse to go and punch at the time clock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tell you what, the, the one thing that I noticed last year with Billy Donovan is that Billy Donovan knew your game. He yeah. knew where right. to put you in the spots. You know, we talked plenty of times when during the Jim Boylan days, like, you know, you he was asking you to do things that you weren't comfortable doing and not letting you play your game. And I thought that Billy Donovan recognized what your game was and put you in positions that you could help the team and also be a threat at any position on the floor, whether you were initiating the offense and getting assists or whether you were in the post and mid-range game, back to the basket and scoring on people that you you knew you could take every time like you you could just tell it when you got the ball in the post and it was somebody on you that it was your size it was free cheese mouse in the house <laughs> that's, <magic. laughs> right. nah, it, that's for sure like uh like i think like early like when we were playing in the summer like because all of us came kind of early so we were playing in the summer i think early like he realized like like we sat down and talked he just realized like like you have a little bit more to you than you've been you know displaying and I, I told him, I said, yeah, I said, but, you know, at the end of the day, like I, I do what the coaches are asking of me. Yeah. So, and and that's, and that's how I've been all my, all my career. Like if you, you're a coach that asked me to do something, I'm going to go out there and try to do it to the best of my abilities. But when you give me a little bit of free range just to kind of play, then that you start to create a completely different player because you know, I'm not in the box. Like I can play outside of the box a little bit and I can help the team a little bit better because like, I'm good at several different things. I'm not overly great at everything, but I'm good at several different things that can help a team, you know, and it doesn't show up in a box score. Yeah. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Like you were, you were floating around with triple doubles all season long. I was over there like, come on. That's why I gave you the name. Thatcher Johnson. Cause you, cause you was out there, you was out there setting your teammates behind the back passes, no look passes. I said, they done turned that loose now, baby. They done, they done messed up. And your play, your play every single night was probably the, with Zach too, was probably the most consistent. And Vooch, you guys were the most consistent player. You knew every single night that, you know, what you were going to do, you knew every single night what Zach's going to do, Vooch is going to do. And I think, you know, when you look at what their this team has constructed, this year's a whole different roster. I mean, I don't think, I, don't, I mean, other than Zach and Kobe and Patrick Williams. That's it. There, there's That's no hangover. It. There's no there's no one left off the team from last year. It's a whole different roster. But, but um you know, your time here, I, I, people love you here. You know, people love you here. And, you know, I, I wish they would have found a way, you know, into, in order to get something, you got to give up something. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and you are a well, you know, everybody wants you on the team. That's why people, contenders, want you on the team because you're so versatile and you can guard. Not only can you score and pass, but you can guard. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, yep. like you said, like just – that's, that's always what I've tried to try to do, which is be versatile, make sure that, you know, um, you know, I'm not hurting the team, but I'm, I'm helping the team in every way possible. Um, you know, starting with the defensive side of the basketball and then that kind of transitions over to the offensive side. You know, but I, I think I su surprised, uh, you know, Billy and, you know, the rest of the guys a little bit, you know, just with like my ability to kind of like pass. Like, I think I just it was just a, a, a surprise, like when we were having those early uh 
sessions in like before camp and stuff like that just like how like I was reading the defense and reading backdoor cuts and stuff like that and he was like oh okay like he got a little extra to him like he can play in the pocket which you know I've done that in my whole career but I was like on the receiving end of the pocket where I can just throw the floaters up as opposed to making the extra pass and but you know now teams are converging on the lane and you know and everybody wants to shoot three so you know why not kick them all out and get guys open shots. Thad, give our audience uh, some insight into what the Bulls' front office is like. I mean, Arturis Karnishevis is kind of like the international man of mystery. He, he holds his secrets close to the vest. I, I know you've probably had some conversations with him. Uh, obviously, he turned over the entire roster, as Stacy mentioned, in a couple of years. Did you get a feeling for that was what he was going to do? And, and, and how, does, how does he conduct his business in terms of his relationships with the players? Uh, I mean, for the most part, like, you know, him and him and Mark, they have really good relationships with the players. They they both, uh, you know, they, they both are consistent with their with their message, you know, each and every day that, you know, um, the team's going to get better and we're going to make the team better. Um, you know, that type, of, that type of message that's being told to everybody. Um, you know, obviously, like, he flipped over the whole – they flipped over the whole roster and, you know, they, they got a bunch of new guys and, and they're starting fresh, you know, which, you know, I – I kind of knew that was going to happen anyway, you know, just because I've been a part of like when we get new GMs, we get new presidents, like, you know, there's no obligation to the players that was there before. There's more obligation to the players that they're bringing in. Um, you know, so for me, you know, you know, I like, I just wanted them to be very, very consistent with the message that was being said and, and what they were doing. And they, and they, for the most part, they were, um, I think the only thing that really just like surprised me was, uh, <laughs> Was was me being thrown in the march right, but mm-hmm. other than that, everything else was super consistent. So you were caught off guard by that, for sure. Um, yeah, like like I I found out uh, I was in the parking lot of uh, at the sports academy around the corner from my house. So <laughs> when I got traded, wow, wow. Well, I, I tell you what, man. I mean, I mean, you will be sorely missed. And I know that, you know, San Antonio is very lucky to have a veteran that not only can can help lead these younger players and, and teach these kids how to be pros, but can still bring it every night and play at a high level and, and show these kids that not only do you prepare, not only do you take care of your body, there's a reason why you played so many years in this league. And those guys can look towards you and, and try to learn and pick up those things. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, Everything I've continuously like done over the the course of my career is not only good for the team, but it's good for myself as well. You know, um, being healthy has always been you know a big key for me. Um, just staying healthy throughout the course of the season, uh, making sure that I'm always available. Um, you know, for my guys, and you know, I plan to continue to do that. You know, obviously, like you know, the the Lord has like blessed me. Um, you know, with the ability to continue to be able to play basketball at a high level at this point in time in my career when, you know, a lot of guys on the downside of it or a lot of guys are not even in the league anymore. Um, you know, and, you know, I was looking at something the other day. Well, somebody brought it to my attention the other day that I played more minutes and more games than anybody in my draft class. You know, so I'm very happy wow. about that. Uh, you know, and, you know, um, you know, in playing, you know, still being able to play at a high level, still being able to have years in front of me, you know, it, it's always been huge for me. A hundred and a thousand thirty-three games, seven hundred and ten starts. Amazing. Since yeah. came yeah. the league, you know, how, how many? How many guys in your in your draft class are still playing? 
Man, that's a good question. Uh, me, uh, Katie, Jeff Green, Mike Conley, uh, Marcus All. If we if we gonna still say he's on the roster? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Jared just uh, just retired, started coaching. So uh, about four. Oh, L. Horford. Wow, that was a nice yeah. draft oh, class. Yeah, Getting ready to start. That was a, that was a nice draft 15th class. season. Yeah, wow. That's fantastic. Hey, I know a lot of Bulls fans would be interested in your perspective. With the addition of DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball, how good do you think this Bulls team can be this year? And do you think they can compete for a playoff spot in the East? For sure can com- compete for a playoff spot. Um, as far as like how good they can be, it's, it's all predicated on how uh, Zach and DeMar kind of plays off each other yeah. and, uh, and Vooch. Like, obviously, like, they're all 20-point-per-game scores. You know, somebody's going to have to, you know, sacrifice a little bit, um, you know, for for the, the betterment of the team. And then, uh, you know, another thing is, you know, DeMar likes to get into the mid-range and, and play out of the mid-range. So that can that can oppose a, a, a bit of a problem for Booch being in the paint or that can oppose a little bit of a problem, like, with guys trying to get into the paint and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, like Zach's gonna do what he do. He's one of the, the best scorers in the league, you know. So I don't have a I don't think Zach will foresee any problems or anything like that. Um, you know, but I can see that, you know, at some point, like they might they might bump his. It's not gonna be like intentional. It's just gonna be like right. the way each and every one of them plays off each other. And you know, they're gonna have to figure out how to play off each other sooner than later because you know, once the season starts, like it's a a continuous grind every single day and you know and you know whoever's the the, the most well-conditioned team and the the team that plays together the best they're going to obviously be the top tier team yeah i i said this year billy's gonna have to coach this is gonna be interesting <laughs> to see and he's a, i i consider him a really really good coach in this league I, I i like some of the things he did when he came in but this year he's really going to have to to coach and he's going to have to manage egos uh, because there's so many new guys here. There's so many guys that can play, so many guys that want the ball. Uh, I think the best thing that's happened to the Bulls, picking up Lonzo Ball as a point guard, and now you've got like a really – a guy who's a pass first, you know, pass second type of guard to get these other guys involved. Yeah, I, I mean, I think – I just think that like, like for – how their team is structured now. I think that, you know, obviously like Pat, he's not really a, a four per se. Um, you know, I think that him having to slide to the four kind of hurts his development a little bit um, from playing like the three and, you know, having the ball in his hands and having to play with it a lot. Um, you know, and then, you know, you still got Kobe, you know, so figuring out how that kind of works out with Kobe. Um, but other than that, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's going to be like, I think they're going to have a good season. I just think that it's going to, it's, they're going to run into some hiccups where, you know, guys are going to have to figure out how to play with each other. Like, and, that, and that's typical with any new team. Yeah. Hey, your, your new coach, uh, Greg Popovich, of course, one of the most decorated coaches in NBA history, but he's also a connoisseur of fine wine. Do you, do you like wine? <laughs> would you, would you share a glass of, or a bottle with, uh, with your head coach and over some discussions about the future of the team? Honestly, I don't think I have a choice. <laughs> I don't think I have a choice. How can how can I how can I tell him no? <laughs> exactly. Team player. Come back and coach, Ted. 
<laughs> right. No, he's, he's, he's definitely <laughs> yeah, he's definitely uh definitely a guy that you don't want to tell no. <laughs> <laughs> so so when you're done playing, you you you're very versatile. You got you got businesses, you 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 got your hand in a lot of different things. What do you see yourself right. doing when your career is over? Would you like to coach, go into management, you know, go into business I field? Want, I don't want to coach. <laughs> I don't want to coach. Talks like a coach. Like, I don't want to coach. The, like, trying to manage, like, first of all, as a player, trying to sort through and manage Yourself. 15 different egos every day is is tough. Like, that's just tough. That's tough on a player. Yeah. So you can only imagine, like, how tough it is for a coach to try to, like, manage those. So I definitely don't want to do any – like, I don't want to be a coach – not on not on the the NBA side at least, um, you know. Um, but I would love to like go into like front office work. Yeah, you know, I think mm-hmm. I, I think I'll be I'll be really good at like going into front office work. I understand the numbers, the analytics, the salary cap. You know how the exceptions work and all that stuff. Uh, simply because like I wanted to know all this stuff because of like you know I wanted to have a grasp on what I could potentially make as a player and you know, what my high points is and what my low points is and how I could fall in between, like, in the median points, like, on contracts and stuff like that. Um, and, and I just pay attention to that type of stuff when it's time, you know, um, just because I want to know, you know, as a player, like, you know, what can my financial opportunity be from, you know, me going to a team or, or me, um, you know, getting a new contract and stuff like that. But I definitely uh, think, like, front office work, uh, continuing to do the stuff that I do outside of that, which is like, uh, you know, real estate and uh, venture capital, angel investing and stuff like that. So continuing to do those things as well. With that, we want to thank you so much for joining us and sharing some insights on what's going to be coming up in this uh, NBA season. We wish you and your family all the best in San Antonio or wherever your career eventually leads you. And I know Bulls fans are going to miss you so much. You would have been a perfect fit on this team. And we appreciate all the contributions you've done made in Chicago. This is Rambling Wreck. The Rambling Wreck, baby. We're playing your fight song, baby. (laughs) Sad, like, I never heard that song. I never heard that fight song. He wasn't there real long. But I'm sure yeah, he's heard the fight there for like nine months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good seeing you, boy. Dad, thank good you so much. Year. Give our best good to your sir. wife and family. And leave your thank wife you. on Twitter. Tell her stay on Twitter. <laughs> Tweet her everywhere <laughs> she wants. Yeah. We're coming hey, right back. Right, she's sitting right next to me right now. They said stay on Twitter. No, stay on Twitter. <laughs> Tell stay her on. to stay on. No. She said, no, they said no. They said stay on Twitter. They like, they like, they like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She said, she said, I'm about to, get, I'm about to get on right now. Yeah, tell her to stay on Twitter and speak her mind. And make sure she promotes. And then the hot sauce. Hey, yeah. then I'm gonna retweet it. I'm gonna retweet it. <laughs> they said they gonna retweet everything. <laughs> she said, she said, oh God. <laughs> Daddy is young. Our special guest on the NBA preview edition of Give Me the Hot Sauce. We're gonna wrap things up. Coming up. All right, T.Y., boy. Have a good year. Our special thanks to Thaddeus Young for giving us some insight on what's going on with his life and looking around the NBA. This is our NBA preview show, episode number 48. We're going to take a brief break, talk a little bit of football, a little rapid-fire stinger. 
horrible. The guns are paralyzed. <laughs> the guns have never owned. There they are. That's how Justin Fields feels after getting uh, oh, sacked man. nine times. Oh. Stacy, that was one of the ugliest NFL performances I think I've ever seen. You know what? I, I started to call in from the booth and uh, <laughs> just just take the headset off Nagy and put them on myself like I was playing Madden. I, I Seriously, because I was so disappointed. They didn't give this kid a chance. Listen, we know the offensive line is not good at all. We know that. But, you know, Miles Garrett is a beast. And mm-hmm. He's going to get a lot of those kind of games where he gets three sack games, four sack games. He's that good. But, man, they made him look like all world, like mean Joe Green. I mean, the offensive linemen, I mean, were beat. As soon as they hiked the ball, they were in the backfield. The kid had no chance whatsoever. And how about how about play calling? You had yeah. a whole week to prepare for this kid to put a package in to let him operate out of. And it's still, and, it, and, it, and it looked like the same game plan you gave to the Rocket, the Red yeah, Rocket. He's just dropping it's straight just, back. Yeah, it's, 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 he's not a drop back passer, when, especially when you don't have a line that can block. Put the kid in shotgun like he's used to in college. Let him run some RPOs. Get him on the outside on the edge and let I, him make plays with his, his legs. I, I just want I don't want to sound like some cliche Chicago sports radio show, but I, I tend to disagree with you because he's just not ready. He's just not ready oh. to play. Their offensive line is not there to protect him. He's not in a good situation. And, you know, Jason Peters should go back to the fishing boat. At 39 years old, he was a Listen. turnstile trying to block Miles Garrett. Right, and Listen. I'm just saying, like, it, it just shows you the, the where the Bears organization is. He I mean, has no other choice. Know. They had no other choice but to play him. Had had, had um, Andy Dalton not got hurt, you probably wouldn't see him. But now it's, it's, not, it's not if he's ready or not. It's preparing him and putting in a package the week you know he's going to start. You knew way ahead of time he was going to be out there. So how about put a package out there and stop using the same package you gave I, for Dalton. I they had think, all summer to work on a package. I think and once fields. once you put in one package, the defenses are so sophisticated they'll figure out what you're but doing. But we have to get to that point though. But but to get to that point though. Here's the thing though. What he's the coach and now he's saying he's not sure one of three guys might start. He's, he sucks. I'm just going to be honest. He <laughs> sucks. Right. He sucks. Right. I'm just going to be honest. Because, listen, he's supposed to be an offensive genius. Let's just be honest. He yep. came here from Kansas City, supposed to be this offensive Andy genius. Andy Reid's right-hand yes. man. And he does not look like – I mean, I, I thought Tressman's offense yeah. was better. I mean, to be yeah. honest with you. But, but again, you knew this kid – if, if Dalton doesn't get hurt and have that uh, hurt ankle, he doesn't play. We all know that. You were bringing him in in sub packages. You know, you have packages for him on, on, a, on a, a four down type of play. How about have one for a game? Let's put a package in. How about hey, we call Baltimore? Hey, what do you guys do for Lamar Jackson? You know, let's put that kind of package in. You know, forget the defenses are sophisticated. Who cares about that? That kid is more than a runner. He's a he is a passer. He has made some unbelievable throws in preseason. He's made some unbelievable throws in in practices. Everybody knows he has a big arm. He can read defenses, but it's tough to read a defense when you got ten guys. They were blitzing at least just, nine times, like nine just, people. He's not the only one that's struggling. All those other yeah. guys are struggling. They're, Rookies, at the they're all going to struggle. They're all right. going to struggle. So it, it it may not necessarily be the package. It may be just it's the, the big package, John. Adjustment. Yeah. John, it's <laughs> the package. It's John, the team. It's, it's the, the team. package. If you got an offensive line that can't block, why yeah. would you put him under center? Yeah. 
Yeah. Common sense. If you know your offensive line can't block, right, but you just why said, would you put a guy under but center? You just said as soon as they hike the ball, they're on him. Yeah, so but, no, matter but no, what no, you no, do. no, 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 no. Listen to what I'm saying, John. So, Listen to what I'm saying. You're a smart guy. Listen you to what put I'm him saying. In a, but you put him in a, 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 put, a... Put him in the shotgun you know he's, where he's comfortable. Right. They have shotgun plays. Right. They ran shotgun plays for Trubisky. Right. right. They put Trubisky in shotgun plays. Right. Okay, I didn't hardly... I mean, how many right. shotgun plays did we see the other against, against Cleveland? I, I. But don't you think at some point they're, the defense will adjust to that? They'll put the right personnel. But let's, let's make them adjust. Yeah, let's I, make them adjust. They didn't I, have to adjust. I, I think they we got to give ten people at him one time. But like there was fourth down, they sent I've everybody at him. I've heard this. It was Tressman. I, now I'm hearing about Nagy. Let's just no, let's just get to the heart it's, of the matter it's, here. It's, 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 it's about the organization not spending the money. On the no. free agents, we talked about that this They're winter. spending money. They're just spending it on the wrong people. It, it's kind that of, offensive it's, line it's is embarrassing. It's, it's not in, NFL yeah, caliber. It's, 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 it's in, it, that's, I think it, it begins on both lines. Look, look at like look, we talked about with the Rams. I mean, with their front four, their ability to just rush four guys. I'm not going to ever talk did. bad about the Bears' defense. The Bears' defense kept them in the game as long as they could. They just got tired. Right, they yeah. got tired when, when, they were, the field. when Kareem Hunt ran that one touchdown, 27. You could tell they were exhausted. Yeah. And I, they battled to the very end. So now as a coach, you see your defense. And it, I guarantee if I was a defense player, I'd be like, yo, Nagy, what are you doing? Come on, man. Come on, man. We can't be out on the field all day. Come on, right. bro. You got to get put him in something where we can win this game. The game was winnable. The game was winnable. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the defense gets tired. Yeah. They give a, a, a run to Kareem Hunt. And then next thing you know, they come out and they run the same kind of sequences they ran all day long. The kid was running. From, he got to the line. The audible he called was run. That's what he called audible. You know, most probably like Peyton Manning, 18, blue, 72, 4-3. Yeah. You know, he's calling all these audibles. <laughs> Justin Field gets to the line of scrimmage. Run, hike. <laughs> that was the audible. Just yeah. run, just yeah. run. And it, yeah, and I felt so bad for that yeah. kid because that's the kind of game that can destroy a kid's confidence. Yep. Getting he's, sacked that many times. I mean, a couple of times he got hit so hard you could tell he was hurt. Yeah. Well, that, that's why if you look, go back, you see guys like Aaron Rodgers spent three years watching Brett Favre. We talked to Jimmy Garofalo spent three years under Tom Brady. The NFL is a whole different, it's not the college game. And it, it, you need to be sitting on the sidelines and kind of seeing things. And Way better. But, coaches, but you, know? you know what, though? You got Hall of Famers still playing, and those guys were sitting behind those guys. There's yeah. no Hall of Famer here in Chicago. Uh, there isn't. Okay? There's, no, there's not one quarterback that's been here you say, okay, he's, that guy should be playing, sitting behind him. Yeah. There's not these young teams yeah. like, you know, Trevor Lawrence. There's nobody in front of him that's right. like a Tom Brady type right. of player. Those guys are forced to play. Right out the box. And that's why it's going to be interesting to see these guys, this class of 2021, who's going to last? Who's going to make Even it Matt Jones. The, Matt Jones it, should not have been started. You should have played Cam Newton. You should have played Cam Newton. And then if Cam Newton after, you know, six games or he gets hurt or something, then you trot that kid out there to, to get rid of a veteran quarterback, a former MVP caliber quarterback that Mac Jones could have learned from I agree. and had confidence coming gonna... in because now he's watching the game. He's in the quarterback's yeah. room. Yeah. He's, he's studying the game. Yeah. He's watching Cam Newton, how yeah. he prepares. I just think it's funny how we just want to rush these guys out there. And I, I don't remember for the history of watching football as long as I've had. There's been a lot of guys that have been behind guys just as understudies. Well, you know, I heard Boomer Esiason on the radio driving here today. He was talking about the fact he came into the league, he backed up Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson, yeah. yeah. And he said Ken Anderson yeah. was great to him, yeah. helped him develop, taught him the things he needed to learn. He said he got a chance to start four games as a rookie. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. And he, and he thinks that Justin Fields is not ready. 
That's no. what Boomer decides. No, right. he's right. not ready. And you yeah. know what? Like I said, I mean, if you're not, if you're, if you go out and get Andy Dalton, okay? Andy Dalton, a freak injury. Turned his ankle running, you know, running for a first down, okay? He's out. Now you got Nick Foles. Now you have a choice there. You could throw Nick Foles out there. He was your starter sure. most I, of the season. I would have done that. I would have done that in a heartbeat. We're not going to play Justin Fields. Yep. We're not going to play him. We'll put him in certain situations where we need a running quarterback play. We'll put him in that situation. But right now, we're going with our veteran quarterbacks. That's what they're here for. So Justin's going to sit. And at some point this year, maybe at the end of the season, you know, three or four games left in the season, you put him in. But there, there's people's jobs on the line in Chicago. Yeah. Whether you want to, people don't want to admit that or not. But here, Nagy's jobs on the line. It might and be. Pace is, is job. I don't think it is. Be, I think the ownership yeah. loves those guys. And, and besides, okay. besides the Packers, that division isn't very. I mean, Detroit, Minnesota won this weekend. You don't listen. I mean, there, there, there's an opportunity to improve. It's only week three, and you now still, we're you know you still. I mean, I saw Detroit play. Detroit can score. Yeah, okay. they can score. They sure. can put up 35, 40 points like yeah. in nothing. Yeah, so. I wouldn't be saying that's an easy win for did you, anybody. Did you see how they lost yesterday? Yeah. yeah. On a record-setting 66-yard yeah. yeah. field goal? They yeah. should have won that they game won against the, game. the Ravens. And they, 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 they have an explosive offense. Yeah. You know, and, and they I've been impressed with them. You know, Green Bay is Green Bay. Green Bay, to go into San Francisco and win after the mm -hmm. way they played early in the season, you can never count Aaron Rodgers out. Aaron Rodgers is laughing at everybody who, who counted him out. Aaron Rodgers is like, yeah, we'll drop the first two games. Who cares? You know what? I'm going to win 12 in a row, and we're going to go through the Super Bowl, the M NFC Championship, and that's where we're going to be. He was jumping up and down on the sidelines when that field goal went through. So people say he doesn't care. He still cares. Oh, yeah. yeah. Put that he uniform loves, on and battle for 60 minutes. His, he loves his teammates, man. He, he's a, The teammates yeah. rally well, for him. Well, he loves – that's his guy. Crosby's yeah, Crosby's his guy. Yeah. Right. But when he spiked that ball, he gave a big, like, yeah, I, I did know, it. Yeah, we're going to win this thing. But that's a huge thing. win because yeah. the 49ers are a really good Very football good. Yeah. team. Right, and South Side? I'll tell you, hey, i tell you somebody else to <laughs> don't be sleeping on is that uh, the Phoenix Cardinals. Do not sleep on the Phoenix Cardinals. Kyler boy. Murray. I'm telling you right Born now. Sooner. I'm telling you right <laughs> now, boy, they they are explosive. Yeah. They are explosive. Their defense with Chandler, uh, Chandler Jones is, mm -hmm. man, I mean, they don't sleep on them, America. Don't sleep. Shots. The big game coming up in week four of the NFL is Tom Brady against Bill Belichick. Brady will pass Drew Brees as the all-time leader in passing yardage. And it's interesting, Belichick met the media, and he's it's always so painful to watch one of his news conferences. <laughs> but, you know, he, he, he tried to avoid any questions about Tom Brady, but he, but he said that we want to keep him here. He just thought that he had a better situation with the Bucs, which, of course, isn't true. They kind of ran Brady out, and now they're, they're looking what? foolish. They ran Brady out. No, Robert Kraft said, you know. They well, who believes that? Well, I do. I mean, for one no, thing. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but think about it, though. He had a better situation. Tampa was loaded. Tampa is a great situation. He wouldn't have left if they had made him feel like they wanted him and given him a competitive contract. They offer. they did offer him a competitive contract. They did. There was an offer on the table, and I think looking at the situation, their that team was sort of depleted after coming off a Super Bowl. He made win. he made the right move. He I did. Mean, I mean, seriously, like I mean, Tom they, Brady for the last four years. If it wasn't for him, they wouldn't even be where they are. You put anybody else in that situation, they win maybe seven games. You know, Tom Brady elevates the whole level of your team. He takes he takes average receivers and makes them into superstar receivers. We've seen it over the years. He now goes to Tampa Bay. Now he's got Ferraris everywhere. 
You got Mike Evans. You know, you got Goodwin. You got, uh, you know, uh, what's my man's name? Uh, Brown, Antonio, yeah, Antonio Brown, Brown. And you got Gronk. OJ Howard. They got I mean, Gronk. They brought in Fournette. I mean, they, I mean, they got a squad. And yeah. all he has to do, all he has to do now is just get out there and just do, do what he does. Get the ball to the open man. Get it moving down. Move you, the chains. You remember what Jamison Winston did there? The year before, I mean, yeah. he, he had a, I mean, he threw a lot of interceptions. Yeah, yeah, like thirty were, TDs and thirty but, picks. But Tom Brady's going, man, look at all that. He threw five thousand yards. Yeah, Tom yeah. Tom Brady's like, look, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to break the records, which I thought he would. You know that's because that's you know at this point, I didn't realize it. Didn't think they were going to win a Super Bowl, but I did. You know, I mean, geez. So anytime TB12 was yeah. in your team, yeah. You know, but he, but he had to look at James Winston and said, "Wait a minute, this dude threw for five thousand yards, yards, thirty touchdowns, yeah. thirty interceptions. Yeah. If I can throw half yeah. those interceptions yeah. and those are touchdowns now, yeah. oh my goodness! I'm, I'm well, hey Bruce Arians. Plus, I'm coming to Tampa. Plus, I mean, the other thing, the climate down in that division is a lot easier. Oh, yeah, it'd be easier on his and body. No state too. tax. Easy on his body, right? No state tax, but I mean, no easier on his, on his body. And, you know, he looked at Buffalo. They were coming. She'll like it, Buffalo too. was coming for him. So, but we'll see this weekend. Got the oh, they're going to win. Hey, if you missed episode 47 to give me the hot sauce, make sure to check it out. We had the former Oklahoma great Marcus Dupree. Yes. And remember, Marcus was telling us he was going out for that game against West Virginia. <laughs> he was probably hiding on the side of like Stacy would have been. I, I didn't go to I didn't go to school at Oklahoma. Hey, 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 you know, Mark, that's uncalled for. Okay. Well, you, you know, said it many Mark, times. Mark, that, that, that Mark, they're Mark, struggling. Mark, you don't, you don't Mark, go to school there. Mark, Mark, Mark. I, I don't struggle. think I said that, Mark. Yeah, I think okay. he did. I need to hear that on tape. I need, I need to hear that on tape. If you play it back for me, I'll believe you. But I'm not going to own up to that. All right. Boomer Suda, baby, we're undefeated. That's all I'm going to say right now. We're Listen, we're not winning pretty right now. No, I, was little, I was a little nervous. I was, I was little, watching the second. Half. I was a little nervous. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And then you know, Stinger has to text me. Yeah. He got to text me and harass yeah, me yeah, while I'm sitting yeah. at home eating oh, yeah. barbecue wings, minding my own business, not oh. ribs. I was just <laughs> him didn't give me no ribs. I was but watching. it was just barbecue wings. Barbecue for that wings. bad snap, it wouldn't have been sooner, yeah. Boomer. You know, it would. You know, I would have jumped. I don't know. If I, I'm not gonna jump <laughs> off the bandwagon, in America. Don't listen to Mark Shinowski. Oh, you know what? No, this no. is how the Beatles broke up. Yeah, you know, Yoko. He's our Yoko Ono. He's gonna try to break us up over here, America. Yeah. I am going to support the Sooners. Win or lose, I am going to support my Sooners. Mostly Here, win, though. But you're right. <laughs> you're right. I'm just not going to talk as much trash when hey, they lose. Hey, they, okay? only have, they only have two ranked teams on the schedule right now. Baylor, listen, 21, listen. And, and Oklahoma State. John, no Texas. one cares. No one cares. We're, we're Oklahoma. They're, it doesn't matter. We can, go, we, can play the, we can play the Sisters of the Poor. Oklahoma, if they run the schedule... Oklahoma's gonna be in the playoff. They want us there. <laughs> they they want us there. They don't. I don't care. We can. They're down we, to six we, this week. In yeah. The AP listen, we lose one yeah, game. Oh, they're down to six. Okay. They're down yeah. to six. You know why yeah. we're down to six? Because we haven't been impressive. Okay. They, they're mad at us right now. They say in Oklahoma. You know what? We try to help y'all out. We try to put you up there. Okay. So we're gonna bring you down to six. So y'all get a little motivated. Get a little hungry. Okay. Start blowing teams out. We'll move you up. You got Kansas State this week, and then you got Texas. Didn't Texas put a hurting on somebody this week? Yeah, you know what? Let me tell you something. My friend, my friend, I went to uh, high school with, and I played with it. Uh, I played uh, youth football with Charles Thompson. His son Casey Thompson is the quarterback. Now, this is a kid who could have transferred when when uh, Sarkeesian came in. Uh, Casey Thompson was the starting quarterback going into this year. And then he supposedly got beat out by a freshman, but that wasn't the case because he put up more better numbers in spring practices. So they gave this uh, high school kid the uh, starting job. They end up getting blown out 
by somebody. I don't know who it was. And then they put Casey Thompson in and they scored like three. Oh, it was, um, I think it was like, oh, no, I wasn't texting him. But they, they were getting killed. It was like 40-something to nothing. And then they put Casey Thompson in, the guy who was supposed to be the starter, comes in, throws like three touchdowns, makes it respectable, makes the, you know, the game look a little bit better than what it was. And then, then Sarkeesian comes out the next week and goes, yes, Casey Thompson's our starting quarterback. And then he, they beat somebody 56. They beat Rice. Yeah. They put up 56 or 58 points. And then they beat somebody this week. They put up. So my friend's son has got the starting quarterback job back. <laughs> and go. he's rolling. There and I'm go. pulling for him until they play the Sooners. <laughs> and if they play the Sooners, which is, I think, this week. They play the Sooners this week. Uh-oh. No, no, no. They got Kansas State this week. I got the schedule here. So it's October. Yeah, so they got Kansas yeah. State and then Texas. Yeah, Red Ri- the Red River Shootout. That's the Red River. Ooh, yeah, yeah, Red River Shootout. We don't lose that. We don't lose that. You know, you know, you can't come back to Oklahoma if you lose the Red River Shootout. We can lose the rest of the games. There's two games you have to win if you're an Oklahoma Sooner. That's Texas, and you got to beat Oklahoma State. State. That's it. We don't even recognize Oklahoma State being in 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 you know Oklahoma school. We don't even <laughs> recognize that. You know, we're forced to recognize that they're in Oklahoma, but we really don't recognize them, America. A couple of top 10 teams got beat last week. Texas A&M and Clemson fell all the way to 25th after they got taken out. Uh, So times are a little bit tough for the Clemson. How about Notre Dame? Yeah, they're in the top 10 after uh, after beating Wisconsin. With a third-string quarterback. And, you know, that game was 13-10 Wisconsin early in the fourth quarter. Then they got a kickoff return for a touchdown and two pick sixes. Oh, man, the the interceptions at the end of the game. Yeah. Like, you know, that was really bad. I was like, who is he throwing to? Did you not see that Notre Dame has dark colored jerseys? Oh, yeah. <laughs> colorblind? How, how, like, how great was that scene, though? Soldier Field, so half sad. of it red. Oh. I mean, my daughter was there. That was cool. Oh, was it? Red, Did you she, guys go? No. No. Oh. Kitty Cat was What my daughter oh, okay. said, it was uh, there were a lot of obnoxious. She kept saying there was a lot of obnoxious Irish fans. That's all she kept saying. A lot of no, us. I thought the, they did a good job directing that game. You could see all the fans in the stands. They did a good oh, job of showing the, the atmosphere at Soldier Field. And game got, day got, was there. You yeah. got one more. Uh, I got a rifle for you. Speaking of Wisconsin and great scenes, how about the Ryder Cup? They set a record beating Europe 19-9 to and Ooh. whistling straights and Kohler. And seeing those guys with, with champagne celebration and, and a little bit tipsy and that making Brooksy and uh, – and hug it out with Deshambo. Deshambo hit. Did you see? He drove the green on the first hole. On the first, that's hole. sending a message, my friend. But you know, it's it, what I. Message, I was watching. I, I mean, I was watching while I was doing. But I'm. I had a couple screens going. I had his game on. I, had, I, I have multiple screens. But one thing that stuck me. I don't know if you noticed this. USA. They're all in blue. They're all like look like they're in ads. You know, like an Under Armour ad. They're all ripped up. You got Kepka who's jacked up, and and then you look at guys like. Lee Westwood and some of those Ian guys, Poulter, Ian Poulter, uh, yeah. Tommy, Tommy, um, uh, what's the little Fleetwood, Fleetwood. with the long hair, but like Fleetwood. They Mac. all look like they spend way too much time in a pub smoking way too many <laughs> cigarettes, but they can play. But it was the contrast. Did you notice the contrast between well, the it's U- a changing of the guard of the U.S. But I mean, these guys are. All, I mean, they're all younger, like Spieth and all these guys are younger, but uh, Tom's, but but they're all like in shape. And the, <laughs> hey, listen, Tiger Woods started yeah, that, Tiger, man. Tiger Woods sure. started that, man. He did. Getting he strong did. and getting yeah. the body right. Now, everybody is kind of take that page out. The John and, Daly guys. Yeah. yeah. But those mean, days are gone. Well, John Daly, those days are gone. Oh, those guys in their the, gray pants. Yeah. And like, <laughs> Craig Stadler, the Walrus, those days are gone. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to see any more of those kind of players out there unless it's one of us. Okay. It's not going to see any, any pro out there looking like that anymore. Okay. Them dudes was ripped. Them dudes look like they can play any other sport. They did. Seriously, they, 
Ow! Well, we hope you enjoyed our rapid fire segment. We're going to get back to a little more NBA talk and wrap up episode 48 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Hope you're having fun. We are. White Sox! We're going to do it, baby! I can only imagine the conversation between Thaddeus Young and his lovely wife as they head to the airport going, what? She's saying, what kind of jokers were you on with, you know? <laughs> hey, what's first? What did you call him? Tad. Tad. I didn't know she was in the car until the oh, very well, end. We, none of I us did. I thought it been more proper. <laughs> proper 12. Yeah, oh, proper 12 God. as well. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. As, as, uh, Tad thrown on the first pitch? Yeah, Tad. Who are you talking about? Abraham Lincoln's son? Come on, man. Come on, baby. Well, Tad. well, this is the NBA preview edition to give me the hot sauce, and there's a lot of storylines going on around the league. And, Stacey, when you look at, at the teams that got better over the summer, I think two of the teams that got better were the favorites going in, the, the Nets and the Lakers. The Lakers are, are old as hell, but, I mean, they actually brought in a couple of guys, younger guys as well. Kendrick Nunn, the Chicago kid who's going to play a little bit, Malik Monk, who played well late in the year for Charlotte, and they re-signed Taylor Horton uh, Tucker from uh, Chicago. So I think the Lakers are the team to beat in the West, and you look at the East with Brooklyn, they brought in Millsap, LaMarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills. Those are a couple of really strong rosters. Well, I mean, I mean the Lakers, the Lakers, you got to say are the favorites in the West. I mean, they they went after Kareem. Um, you know, they went after James Worthy. <laughs> yeah, they didn't yeah, want to come out of retirement. No, no, Barkley and Shaq, yeah, too. They, they, they didn't want nice. to play. They didn't want to play. I mean, they asked Lisa Leslie, does she still got any playing time left? They could use her on the bench. Yeah. Um, you know, so LeBron has been, you know, he could go down as the greatest GM in history if they win this year. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a slam dunk that they are going to get to the finals. I mean, it's all based on a lot of things, Mark. You and you saw it last year. I mean, LeBron gets hurt. And then Anthony Davis gets hurt. I, I I love Anthony Davis's game, but you can't count on him, man. You, I mean, when was the last time you seen him play a full season? You just, yeah, I mean, he's a great player, and I'm not taking anything away from him, but he always seems to get hurt, like right in the second half of the season mm-hmm. when you're getting ready to go half to the playoffs. Half man, half season. <laughs> this, well, who let this man in the building? Just, just so you know, according to my, he's never played a full season. No, yeah, no, no. and that's got to be a concern if you're the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, LeBron is LeBron. LeBron is built like Megatron. Like, I mean, it takes it takes a truck to hurt him. Yeah, I mean, that was a freak accident that happened to him last year. The guy diving into his legs. Who I don't know who it was, but um, they dove into his legs yeah, for a loose yeah. ball. And, and Westbrook um, is is coming off a really good season as well. Well, and here and here's the thing about Westbrook. You know, Westbrook now is now going to be fighting for rebounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not going to be doing the triple double. No thing. triple doubles. No. So now you got to. How's he going to play in that situation where he's not the most ball dominant person now? LeBron is running the offense and, and and setting him up, and he has to run and fill a spot. You know, he's not a spot up shooter. He's not a good three point shooter. But I'll take I'll take Russell Westbrook on my team any day of the week just because of his personality and what he brings to the table. I think if they use those vets in the right way, they don't have to play every game. They play half a season, just get them ready for the playoffs. I'm talking about guys like Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Rondo. If if Vogel uses them in an intelligent way, I think that team can be really strong. Well, I thought bringing back Dwight Howard was huge for them because that was what they needed last year. 
They needed a center that could go out there and rebound, still play defense. Dwight doesn't play like he used to play, but he's still serviceable. He's a guy that can go out there and get you, you know, 16 rebounds, block some shots, uh, and give you that tough physical presence. And I thought they missed that last year. You know, Gasol, you know, Gasol's getting up there a little long in the tooth. He was done. Yeah, he, he's he's a little long in the tooth. I don't ever want to say a player's done, Mark. It's easy for you to say that, but I'm just <laughs> <laughs> you're not wild. Wow. But, but look but, at my track yeah, record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't. You know, Mark, Mark. Just, Mark just be kicking hey, people. He's going to play for a second well, division team in Spain. Listen, yeah. But, all I, I, hey, listen. I, you know, I, just, I, I don't mean. I think it's a borderline circus act. In LA. Oh. My commentary or no? Well, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes, but no. The, the, the Lakers situation is a borderline circus act. You better have you better have a strong personality over there to control all, all those that. egos. That's a lot. You know, that's a lot of. I mean, oh, a lot of players. Egos. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> you know, Frank Vogel's really going to have the coach. You got to remember now, Jason Kidd's not on that roster to help out. You know, Jason Jason Kidd was big on that roster. You know, with yeah. all the players because the players would come. They come to him when there was problems or whatever, and he's not on that. He's in Dallas now. And you how's know, that going to work out? You think in Dallas? Listen, you know, Jason Kidd was is a great was a great player. I don't know so much as a coach, especially Every, with uh, Dantich being a little different than Giannis. A lot of people give him credit for making Giannis what he is, but well, Don- Dantich will fire back at the coach. He's yeah, not just going to yeah, take whatever yeah. coach says. Well, and and Jason Jason Kidd's going to get the respect because he's a Hall of Fame you know coach. He's a Hall of Fame you know player, but. At the same time, you know, everywhere he's been, you know, he's he's just been average. You know, he hasn't really, like, had a booming record, you know, 41 and 41 or something like that, and they may barely make the playoffs. Um, you know, he, it seems like he's more suited for an assistant coach, but he continues to get jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's amazing that he continues to get jobs. His overall record is 183-190, and like you said, King, his most wins was 44 at the Nets and 13-14. That was his best best season yeah. as a coach. How do you look at the East? Uh, Brooklyn, as I mentioned, looks really strong with the additions they made. And if they can keep those guys healthy, which is a huge if, they look like the class of the league. But Milwaukee <laughs> made some under-the-radar additions. Yeah, Grayson bring, Allen. George, George Hill. Well, he can always trip people if things get bad. Right. You know? oh. yeah, he, he's, he's a Milwaukee player. Yeah. Grayson Allen? Grayson Allen. Yeah. You can Listen, shoot it. Listen, yeah, Milwaukee's in Milwaukee's in the same situation that we were when we won our championships. It's like, okay, how much do we want to tinker with this? How much do we want to add or take away? We got our core group of guys that they 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 have to look at like these are our core, okay? <laughs> right. And as we have our core, we have to basically build around that core. It. So you bring complementary players. Oh, it's, it's almost time. Oh, shocking. <laughs> Down. Toby. Down. Well, she well, takes you, a bite out of my wrist. <laughs> well, I mean, but they got a gift in having Bobby Portis come back. I mean, that's... And for less yeah. money. You for less I mean? money. I mean, but listen, Milwaukee, the Milwaukee fans took to him. You know, that's probably oh. the first place where Bobby really felt loved. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it felt like he really belonged. And the Bulls fans loved Bobby, you know, before that punch of uh, Miritich. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the Bulls loved his hard work. The Bulls fans loved his hard work, and, and he was respected oh, yeah. here. You loved um, him. I, I always loved Bobby yeah. Portis's game. Well, he I, has a chant in Milwaukee now. Bobby. Bob, I mean, it's like he comes to Miller, uh, American family for Brewer games. He threw out the first, and they chant Bobby. He was at a wrestling match, too, I saw in Milwaukee. Yeah, well, that was the same match I think Giannis was at, too. But there, but Milwaukee, but Milwaukee, though, back to our point, you know, back to our our issues here, America, Milwaukee's going to have a tough time. 
They are. I mean, because the expectation is now for them. They won the championship. And coming into year two for any team that won a championship, the expectations are super high. There's more pressure on you now. You know, and, and not just Giannis. It's the guys like Pat Connaughton and all these guys who are like second-tier guys. Now, you, you won a championship now. You got famous. Everybody you got you did the rounds this summer. You know, you were the talk of the, to you know, talk of the town everywhere you went. And now you got to come and back it up now. Are you still as hungry as you were last year? And that's what you—that's what teams face, especially some young players. That's what you face when you come back from the, the second time because now you're everybody's Super Bowl. When you win that championship, there are no nights off for you. So when you're playing a bad team, that's their Super Bowl. They're going to play you to, to, to four quarters. They're going to make you earn that win. And you got to do that 82 games. That is a mental grind. I've been it. I've been in it. I've done it. I've experienced it. It is a mental grind. Every single night, there is no nights off for you. Since this is our NBA preview show, Stacey, I know you've said it on past episodes, but where do you think the Bulls might be able to compete? What range do you see them fall? I know they're a playoff <clears> team. <throat> well, Mark... I'm not Nick Friedle, okay? Our good friend Nick Friedle. <laughs> Don't we have friend. bets on the table? Right? Yeah, we do. We do. We do. Right, you know, right. but I'm not Thanks. Nick Friedle. You know, I, I, this is the first step to many steps for the Bulls. Okay, this right. is what I, what I mean by that, American Chicago Bulls fans. The first step to getting to the playoffs and being a legitimate playoff team, not getting into the play-in. You know, being a ninth team, legitimately getting, finding themselves somewhere in that, you know, three to six range, I believe they can get, depending on what Ben Simmons does in Philadelphia. Um, you still got Boston that's going to be better this year. Uh, I'm not sold on New York. I'm not sold on Atlanta. I think those things were flukes last year. What about Miami? Miami's always going to be tough because Spolster's a good coach, and those guys play hard every single night. Um, Jimmy Butler is going to be Jimmy Butler. He's going to be doing Jimmy Butler things. Um, so they're going to be in the mix. You know, you got Kyle Lowry there. That was a big pickup for them. That was a huge upgrade at point guard position. Um, but everyone right now, in my opinion, is chasing Brooklyn. Brooklyn is the number one team, hands down. And if if James Harden can stay out of strip clubs and ordering chicken wings and get himself into better shape, because last year that was the that was you know I mean that was the difference in them getting to the finals because you can't count on him. He had hamstring right. injuries, he had soft tissue injuries, and when you're not in shape and you're not you know at your physical peak, and especially a guy who plays forty plus minutes, who's asked to handle the ball, to score, to facilitate, you got to be a hundred percent healthy. And don't you think it's the pressure is all on him because Kyrie's won in Cleveland, you know uh, Durant's won. He carried them last year. I mean, there's got to be a lot of pressure on Harden based on what happened with Houston mm -hmm. and departure. And, well, and like you just said, not really being ready to play. I think know? that's where the pressure comes. That, I think that's where the – not so much – he's played at a high level. He's been to the Western Conference sure. Finals. He, he's been one game away from getting to the, to the yep. NBA Finals. I think the pressure comes from, from, from himself is – does he come in in tip-top shape? Does he come in and he, you know, we already know he's going to contribute. You already know he's going to be one of the better players. His numbers proved it. I mean, he, he played with two superstar players, Kyrie. Now, those three guys hardly play with each other. Yeah. You know, that, that was, imagine if they played half the games last year. They, you might not have seen them. They, they want to skyrocket, had the best record in the league. So this year, the key for them is is to have harmony amongst their three their three main guys. If Kyrie Irving Kyrie Irving doesn't go off on his tangent and and is you know is sage and burning things and <laughs> you know he doesn't lose focus because at the end of the day, 
you know, when you have that much talent on that team and there's not a lot of balls to go around, Kevin Durant is really, in my opinion, one of the few superstars next to, you know, LeBron James that can go to any team and play with other superstars and still be able to stand out without forcing shots, without being, you know, I got to have 30 shots to get 25 points. He can blend in and still stand out. Now, these other two, it's tough because both those guys need the ball in their hands. Who I think Harden is the better point guard, and I think Kyrie is the better scoring guard. Yeah, because he's willing. Yeah. Harden's willing to. Yes, pass he's willing ball. to pass. I yeah. mean, this is a guy gets you sixteen, seventeen assists yeah. at the point guard position. Now, if he comes in healthy and he comes in, I think he has a chip on his shoulder. I think he wants to prove everybody that was a fluke year last year. You know, I, I was I spent a lot of time in Houston trying to force a trade, and you know, my body, you know, eating chicken wings and having a good time at Hooters and, and strip clubs. <laughs> you know, he just was not in shape. And then, you know, he was forced after he got traded to Brooklyn. He was forced to play right away. So right. he never got to work himself into shape. Yeah, I, I don't see it working. I just don't. I just, there's too much there. There's too, like you said, ball in your hand. They need Rondo. Yeah, well, I mean, they need. They <laughs> Rondo. They, they definitely need more than those three because, it you know, until they do I don't it, know, man. You, know, you got yeah. Patty Mills. I yeah, mean, Millsap. Got, I mean, you got Millsap. You, they got, you got Joe Harris is still there. They didn't Blake lose. Griffin, Blake Griffin. Bruce Brown. They didn't lose any of their core group of guys. Yeah. They were able to, to pick up guys off the scrap heap, and they didn't have to overpay for anybody because it's like everybody's chasing rings now. Yeah. Blake Griffin is, is cheap. You know, you got Paul Millsap, who's like mid, mid-level exception they're all they're all playing for a ring because mm -hmm. we honestly paul Millsap should have came to chicago yeah he, he was on the verge yeah. of coming to chicago but it came to a point where well chicago is going to be two, better but this team has a chance to win a championship and he's never won a ring so and he's never won a ring two concerns though the lakers <clears throat> and this team they're both have to be like the oldest <clears throat> teams in the league and i just think you know, you need some young legs on that court. You got to be healthy going into playoffs. Yeah, That's well, always the most important you know, thing. It's so, it's, time, it's, right? it's so unpredictable uh, how the season's going to turn out because we're still battling COVID. And guys will miss games. There's going to be guys missing games. There's going to be teams missing games, games being canceled. We saw it last year. And now that you're, you're bringing the fans back into the arena and you're going to have 20,000 people there now, that risk goes up even higher now. And I don't really care if you've been vaccinated or not. You still can, you still can get COVID if you've been vaccinated. So um, that's going to play an important role in. But I also think this too, guys, it, it's, it's those teams have depth. See, you, they can fall back on whatever they got behind them right. and say, hey, look, we don't have to play Kevin tonight. They can miss three or four games, rest them, and we got so much quality depth behind them. The Lakers do too. They got quality depth at every position, so they can sit LeBron James. They can sit, you know, they can sit, you know, Anthony Davis and still be able to win games. But don't count out Denver. Do not count out the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets got a, a really bad call this past year losing Jamal Murray to an ACL injury. If Jamal Murray is healthy, they don't lose. They don't they don't no. lose to to the Phoenix Suns. Okay. So he comes back healthy. The Joker is going to be doing what he's doing. There's going to be some there's going to be some teams that are going to surprise you in the Western Conference. The Eastern Conference now is no longer just a two-team race. It is probably deeper, in my opinion, than the West is right now. And I don't think LeBron's going to miss too many games because he's chasing Kareem. You know, he's too oh, he'll good. get that record. Just a matter of yeah, time. This is a well, I mean, game. but he's got to have to play. I mean, he's got to play and score. Listen, he's his, waiting for Bronny to come in. He, he listen, his, his pride was hurt last year. 
that they went from the number one team down to the number. They had to fight their way to get to the playoffs, and then they got beat. That's one of the first times he's got beat in the first round in a long time. Yeah, they were in the play-in. People forget yeah, that. They yeah, they were in the play-in. And so th- th- there's there's some motivation there. That's why he he hit the recruiting trail so oh, hard. Yeah, yeah. That's why he was trying to get you – know, that's why he got Westbrook. Hey, come over to my house. We'll barbecue and have some you know, some of Tim, Tim Kelly's uh, <laughs> ribs? barbecue ribs. Oh, no, no. He's oh. on that TV 12 juice now. Oh, he gets TV the invite. 12. Yeah. He gets the invite. Yeah. He gets the invite. No, you don't get oh, the invite. Oh, sorry, know. guys. Was, I'm sorry. Oh, this is Kobe. What are you doing there, buddy? Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. What are you doing? Kobe? A cameo. This is Kobe over here. Look, at Kobe. 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 Say hello. Say hello to all your fans on YouTube. He's gonna have his own account on Twitter. Oh my God. Look at him. Look at him. It's Kobe Kai. That's my little ass Kobe Kai, America. This is my guard dog. He's only 11 months old, but he will bite your ankles off. He try to attack me. Okay. Okay. He's been licking my ankles. Well, you're a woman. You're a woman. There's a reason why he's licking your ankles. You're a woman. He's not licking guys' ankles. We. we he knows what he's doing. No, hey, the apple don't fall too far from the tree. Susan. What was he doing okay? to you, Tim? I've been known to lick a couple ankles myself. <laughs> I, I just freak, some peanut freak. butter earlier. <laughs> you put some peanut butter on earlier. Hey, let's not talk about that. Right <laughs> oh my God! Oh, America! Oh my God! This guy is a freak. Well, wow. I, I think the dogs are restless, so it's time to bring down the curtain on episode forty-eight of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Violation. Timmy was going to tell a great story about his favorite NBA experience. You want to tell that? Tell it. Well, it was with Stace. Uh, the the, uh, the three overtimes of the Celtics. And uh, Stace got some great seats. That was Oh, with Noah stealing the ball from Paul Noah Pierce and dunking ball. it. Yeah. And uh, Ray Allen hitting the shot after hitting his ass off the uh, scorer's desk. And, uh, <laughs> was that the fight, too? Yeah, yeah. yeah the that fight was a fight with Kirk yeah, Heinrich yeah. and uh, Rondo. Yeah, yeah, Rondo, yeah, yeah, our favorite guy, Rondo. Yeah. That was the best. That, that was, was right the best. from the you know, you know, Once again, Whisper sounds like the late, great Chris Farley. Remember that time of... That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, yeah. That was, that was awesome. Oh, was oh no, yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows how dry I am. Nobody knows wow, really? how dry I am. On that note, thirty years of abuse, America. Thirty years of abuse that continues. It's All right, on that note. Time to throw the ball in the air and play hey, some hoops. It's time to throw the ball up in the air. <laughs> the Bulls are back, baby. If you don't have your season tickets, get out there and get them now because it's going to be tough to get them later, baby. <laughs> Whispers out. <laughs> Whispers out. Drive home safely. Beep, beep. <laughs>